Hey friends, welcome back to Smash Speaks. This is your host, Ash Miller, and I am excited. I've got a special guest today, and I want to give you all a heads up. There was a strange technological glitch going on, so it's going to sound like we are overlapping each other a few times, so just kind of go with the flow and understand that we weren't actually speaking over each other <laughs> and is a weird, weird technology thing. So thanks for listening and make sure that you snap a screenshot of this, throw it into your stories, tag me at smash.speaks and tag David, my guest at Pastor DHF and let us know what you think. All right, friends, I've got a new friend for you. I met him in Clubhouse. We were in a podcasting room talking about podcasting, new people to podcasting, people who already have their own, people who are starting up. This, my friends, is David H. Fitzgerald Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so excited to have you in here. As soon as you unmuted and started talking about unity and bringing people together no matter how they looked what they how they were raised I was in 100% because that is what I I preach hard on um, equality and equity and all of that beautiful stuff so you said that I was like yes yes David you're my man let's do this let's do it yes yes yeah it was there was there was uh well thank you for having me yeah this is amazing and um yeah, I, I bust on Clubhouse, and I'm like, hey, we need to be intentional about diversity in this time and season of our life, no matter what we come from or what we do. And you were like the only one. It was another person I did talk to a video chat, but you were like the only one. I was like, let's make it work, and let's be for real about it. So I, I love that, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I, I like to use my really lame white privilege for good <laughs> right, right. <laughs> however i can of you know opening up my platform to other people um and hearing their truths so that's what i'm all about so i'm, I'm glad that you accepted my invitation yeah man i'm really glad to be here it's gonna be fun <laughs> so let's hear a little bit about david who is david in a nutshell what do you do with your life and how does that help other people i am a son of one and the oldest of seven so that's kind of weird um uh man i am my mother's only child uh born in 1986 my parents never wed uh then my dad actually married my lovely stepmother uh, a year and a half after me and uh produced six lovely children together i am an african-american male that grew up in uh the heart of philadelphia uh everybody knows will smith but i also grew up in west philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> born and raised there you and, go. yeah right and um uh, went to went to good schools, public schools, and went to Catholic school for high school to play football. Uh, I am a college dropout. Uh, uh, actually, no, I'm not. I guess I just started <laughs> classes yesterday. I guess I forgot well, about that. <laughs> yeah, but for the last 15 years, I've been a dropout. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, what are you studying now? Let me um, interject really quick. Yeah, yeah, jump in. Um, now I'm going back and studying um, theology again. Um, yep. Ooh. So, yep, that has something to do with, I guess, the later part of my life. When, uh, sure. After I got married, um, I got married at 21. That's a fun story, too. Yeah. And uh, I've been married for 14 years, and uh, I'm a pastor uh, and a businessman, and uh, more importantly, uh, entrepreneur. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, and uh, that's a little bit of who I am. I am obsessed that you have all of that under your belt. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it is crazy. Uh, don't tell nobody, but I almost crashed a few times doing everything, no. driving. But, you know, 
all is well. I would never. <laughs> yeah. No one will ever know. <laughs> okay, except your whole podcast audience. Right. I love it. Right. Let me know about this, uh, the theology classes. Mm-hmm. What, what brought that up? You said, you know, I mean, you said you're a pastor, so. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, um, I actually originally came from the school of thought. My dad taught me something really powerful uh, years ago. Um, like right when I was in high school, you know, we were figuring out college and I wanted to be entrepreneurial at the age of like 19. And he said, you know, the goal of college is to go and get educated um, so that you make money. He said, but if you start making money, then maybe you don't need to go to college. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And um, when I actually uh, failed out of Penn State University, I just started pursuing entrepreneurship. But now that I'm getting older, I think the shift is just the experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm kind of starting with something that I already know and I've been doing for some some time. And then I want to transfer back to Penn State. So I'm a really cheat. Like I'm telling you right now, Ash, don't don't tell nobody. I'm going to go to these other schools and then like have three credits left for Penn State and transfer <laughs> and get my bachelor's from Penn State just for an accomplishment. So I think I'm in the You season. are brilliant. <laughs> yes. It is going to be it's going to be community colleges all the way up until a few credits left. And then I'll be able to hang that first season. And I think at this season of my life, it's really just about accomplishment and finishing what I started. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's nice. So many people, you know, walk away because things get hard. And I love that you're going back to it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to figure it out. If it takes me another 10 years, take a class a semester, you know, uh, I'll be the old man graduating in a few years. So we'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> but you're doing what you want to do and you're loving it. That's, That's right. What counts. That's right. That's right. Yep. So you said more importantly mm-hmm. that you're the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? So, um, man, wow. Um, so I guess it saved me to this new phrase that's coming out, serial entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, right. It makes it not seem so crazy, right? I actually um, got my start uh, in entrepreneurism when my wife uh, started her salon, uh, hair salon back in 2009. Um, my wife is a cosmetologist, uh, no, actually 2008, I'm sorry. Um, she was a cosmetologist all of her life, uh, or all of her adult life. And we opened the salon up right after we got married. So I started with her there and then I got into real estate in 2011. So my biggest financial, uh, claim to fame is we did really well in real estate through the years and really like 2011, um, up until, uh, even still recently, I'm not extremely heavy now as far as flipping properties like I used to, um, which we're getting back to that, hopefully the first quarter this year. Um, Yeah, so, you know, I support my wife and her business. Um, Then we also, my wife, you know, she launched a clothing company. And and because we've been married so long, um, it is, you know, our independent businesses, but we collaborate and we help each other so much. It's almost like, you know, they're basically ours. So my wife has a company called London Mill, which is a urban leisure fashion wear um, and she could be uh, found at londonmill.co. Um, so I help her manage that. And then recently, um, outside of real estate, outside of the clothing company, um, I started a trucking company. Uh, actually, I, I expanded from one of my best friends in college. We both were college dropouts. We were just talking about that yesterday. Um, and I met him in college. And here it is 15 years later. It's our second business together. We had a cleaning, nice. we had a cleaning company at one time that didn't work so well. Uh, that's another story, but um, <laughs> uh, I couldn't do that one. I don't like cleaning. <laughs> yeah, neither did we, you know, and uh, it just it just didn't work. And uh, here we are eight years later um, and he was doing really well in, in trucking. And our focus 
It's called LTL, which is basically less than a tractor trailer load, meaning a lot of times, um, you know, it just doesn't make sense for those big 18 wheelers to take one or two little small pilots. Um, so like the sprinter van community is growing. And um, right now I'm currently in a 50 K 50 day challenge. I'm kind of killing myself, but it's good. And uh, yeah, man. So Lightyear, uh, you can find us on lightyearlogistics.com or uh, I'll say this. He's going, he, he's not going to kill me because we're partners, but he's going to laugh. Uh, we're doing a campaign. Uh, and this might make people laugh. I don't know how people take this, but you said no holes bar. I'll, I'll, dro- I'll, I'll drop this early. We also have a campaign called betterthanups.com. So you can start to find us <laughs> oh, at betterthanups.com and also betterthanfedex.com. The domain better than – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our marketing is getting ready to be crazy. So betterthanups.com, betterthanfedex.com. Uh, they did not have the domain betterthanamazon.com, but we're trying, you know. So, oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Light, light year logistics is us, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that so much. <laughs> Savage. I, oh, yeah, yeah. We're coming from hey, hey, FedEx, if you're listening, we're coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit more about this 50K in 50 days. You are out killing yourself, like you said, uh, yeah. to make 50K in 50 days. Yeah, man. You know, um, I think I- I'm just crazy because it rhymed at first, right? <laughs> so it just rhymed. Right. And it was like, hey, that's cool. But no, I was inspired um, by, um, uh, I forget his first name already, but his last name is Stearns. Uh, they had this show called, and their own clubhouse at Crazy too, called Undercover Billionaire. And oh, um, yeah. yeah. That's Cardone. Yeah, Cardone. Yeah, he's on season two. I've been watching it, but I, Stern was the first guy, an originator, um, Stern oh. Mortgages. But of course, Cardone, with his personality, he just takes everything over. and You know what I mean? So everybody thinks <laughs> yeah. it's his show now. But um, I started it in the new year. And the goal was really to see if we can just, again, which is super crazy aggressive, try to make 7K each week, uh, you know, um, to reach our 50K goal. And, I mean, honestly, this week, I still have two days left in a week, I think. What's about Thursday, right? Yeah. Um, this is my highest grossing week, I think, already. And I'm talking about one single van, me driving a ton. I think I'm up to, like, 3,600 so far. Um, Ooh. you know, so I, I don't know if I'm going to hit it cause I don't work seven days a week in theory, you know what I mean? But it's, right. it's just aggressive, man. And it's not just to try to make money, but it's also a, a motivational piece. And if, if you kind of, you know, people check out my Instagram and stuff, you know, tw- uh, and, uh, TikTok, it's trying to get people back mobile again. Like let's work, you know, let's work. Mm. Let's kind of, you know, find out niches and solve problems and, Let's do what makes us uncomfortable for a little bit so that we could change our financial forecast. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I started getting to a cushy place. Other businesses were doing well. You know, ministry stuff is cool. But, you know, I needed the edge again to take what I want to do to the next level. So I'm pressing hard. And, um, you know, I, I can't say it. I, I mean, at least tonight I get to sleep in a hotel. Last night I slept in my van. So, you know, this is oh, yeah. <laughs> this is better. You know what I mean? Well, I'm glad you're at a hotel. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what would you say has been your biggest challenge since you went down the entrepreneurial route? You know, my biggest challenge is, um, you know, honestly, waking up the next day with fear that, like, work is not going to come, right? So everybody has different Mm. entrepreneurial paths. And the reality is, um, and this is really, really key. Maybe we can kind of dive in because I know you're big on mental health, but, um, you know, Yo, real entrepreneurs, like a lot of people think being an entrepreneur means you get to do what you want. It's like, no, absolutely not. Not at first. You know, most businesses, you know, you're praying that, you know, it, you know, so 
again, last week was one of those weeks where I didn't get a, a job until Thursday. So you talk about mental mm-hmm. health and anxiety, like all week long, I'm like, Hey, I got bills to pay. You know, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm out here. I made a big investment. I cashed out my vehicle. Half the goal is to, you know, make that money back as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, the biggest, you know, challenge so far is just trusting, you know, everything you've set up to do. So trusting the fact, you know, I have a vehicle, we have our vendors, we're good. But when that stuff gets slow, man, it gets extremely hard because if we're, you know, in my line of work, if I don't have nothing in that back of that van, I'm not making any money, you know. And but that goes from one day, okay, you counted a day of rest. Two days, you say, okay, it's a weekend. But by that third day, if nothing in that van, you start questioning everything. You know what I mean? Did I do the right thing? You know. Yeah. So you know, it's just tough to just hang in there sometimes. And I think most people, they just they just miss it because they 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 quit too soon. You know what I mean? You know, they quit too soon. They get nervous. Oh yeah. Um. So basically, to kind of tie in, which I, I could be botching a little bit, but I think it is about having good, you know, mental health from the perspective of you know staying focused. And not allowing you to get wrapped up negatively and, uh, you know, when you don't have work or when you're waiting on contracts, you know what I mean? So the anxiety of waiting is one of my biggest challenges. I appreciate you sharing that with us because, yeah, mental health is is definitely key. And I think only up until recent years, it's had such a, a bad stigma attached to it. Like, oh, you know, you can't look weak. You can't show emotions. You can't you can't get sad if you're making money right right actually (laughs) yes you can (laughs) and and you should probably release some of it i mean you know you know who the heck told you that you know especially you know people shouldn't cry i know that's how we grew up in an older context but you know man i've cried man you know it's times when i was down to, you know getting change out of the couch you know me and my wife man trying to figure like because i was and that's i guess hard too i was rebellious i just didn't want to go back to a nine to five you know and, um, you know, I was like, I just knew it wasn't for me because it, nine to five for me, um, you know, I don't know. Nowadays, you know, everybody, you know, sometimes doctors are really quick to label kids. But I was born in the 80s. So like in early 90s, you know, ADHD wasn't a, a huge thing. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, when I really started studying it, you know, I think I might have some traits of it. So sometimes even molecularly is like, you know, the monotony of a nine to five is not so much, I'm a very hard worker, but sometimes the monotony, it would just kill me. You know what I'm like? I can't come back in this place another day and look at the same people and do the same thing. You know, <laughs> is <so laughs> this true. is going to drive me nuts. So, you know, it was times where, you know, we were, my wife was already an entrepreneur since high school, you know, since 99, she was doing hair. So she had her path in her career, but you know, me being young and marrying her, I haven't worked for anybody since 2009. You know, it was times where even finding my fit in business um, was just tough. And I mean, like we had, I remember one time, man, we had to like cash the whole, um, you know, change little drawer just to be able to pay a gas bill, you know. And, um, you know, so times were very rough. But, um, you know, I just, I didn't quit. I didn't quit. You know, it produces arguments with the wife and anxiety, you know, back to that mental health thing, you know, just. You know, I actually, you know, <clears throat> a story, maybe maybe this is a good calendar to get deep, but, you know, I almost had a nervous breakdown in 2019. And, um, wow. you know, because, again, even like, you know, whatever people's views are, we res- I respect it. You know, but as a pastor, you know, I made a shift and moved to Charlotte. And, you know, I lost a lot. You know, people just understand my move and, 
you know, I wanted to better ourselves and, and be in a different market. And I started declining aggressively. And, you know, when you have almost a million dollars in mortgages and bills have to get paid and finances are not coming in. <laughs> Another challenge of entrepreneurship is, you know, there's no salary for us, you know, meaning we can't just show up and get a check, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, I was facing foreclosure. I mean, tons of bills. And, you know, one day, man, I was just losing it mentally. Like, I really felt, you know, and I don't know if any listeners may, you know, uh, connect, but this is pretty deep. But I just really felt like I was losing my mind, like, literally. And I don't know if anybody's ever been there. And um, Hi, I'm <laughs> okay. Ash. Uh, right, that's right. me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 was, it was such a crazy, surreal moment. And, um, you know, my wife, it was crazy. My wife called me at that very moment. And, um, and she just prayed for me and, you know, I got myself together a little bit. And then that just opened up a whole other, even when I came back mentally, it just opened up a whole nother wound. I didn't realize how just jacked up I was at the time. So, you know, I don't even know Ash how we got here, but anyway, it's good. You know, it's my story. <laughs> you said, tell my truth. And, um, but man, I recovered, man. Again, that's part of my faith journey, you know, um, just, you know, was able to recover, get strong again, and um, really almost feel like with not losing everything, it still was a season of, like, uh, starting over, if that even makes any sense. Because I still had everything. I didn't lose nothing, yeah. but it still was, like, mentally, emotionally, you know. So, um, however we got down that rabbit hole, that, that was how it was in 2019. <laughs> and, you know, I guess, okay, it all stemmed from just entrepreneurship and the fear of loss and not knowing where the next dime is coming from having to work yourself to make things work so but you know here i am in 2021 uh, living a dream and um, i'm glad to be here so yeah i can totally relate with the moving and kind of losing a lot of things people different kind of financial things and a lot of different stabilities um including mental health and you know the, what you're used to uh i i've I moved about 18 months ago down okay, to cool. texas so I'm up, I'm from up north in Minnesota. Mm. And so like all my family and you know, all my lifelong friends are up north. And I have a couple of people who are in my company uh, down here, but I didn't know any like friends mm-hmm. outside work. And I'm, I'm still kind of working on that 18 months later, but you get a pass. But yeah, I, I went through a pretty nasty mental decline. Like you're talking about, got back on antidepressants. Mm working on uh, you know the ADHD meds and so I feel you you are you're definitely not alone in yeah and I think you know it's crazy to to, to even kind of open the conversation up man you know I didn't get the therapy yet I I mean I had a strong support team um that I was able to kind of you know so it is therapeutic but it wasn't professional therapy right you know and it's hard because a lot of African-American people don't really talk about I'm not gonna just label it us but in my in my in my upbringing it's not really big on you know mentioning those type of things right and um you know i think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that actually keeps us kind of jacked up because we don't know how to share and not know how to say hey this is where i was and this is what i went through and here's the symptoms of it just to help somebody either come out of it or to protect them from going in it but you know everybody says i want to be an entrepreneur and i'm like be careful what you ask for because <laughs> i think it is <laughs> You might get you it, might get it. you might lose it, you know, because like I said, you know, you have a bad Monday when you work for a company, not that everything is in the pieces and cream, but, you know, as long as you maintain your job, you can maintain your check and you can have a level of stability, you know, but at one point my wife is like, one of us might have to go back to work because, I mean, this, this is not working, you know, 
you know, we came yeah. together and, you know, now we're starting to hit a stride and, and it feels good. Man. It feels good. Well, good for you. That's, that's yeah. makes me happy to hear. <laughs> I don't know if you are open to going deeper into how you were saying that people of colors uh, aren't raised to accept feeling a certain way, you know, like, or coming off mm-hmm. looking like a certain way, not knowing how to deal with emotions. I don't know if you have anything more to say about Ash, that. Let's, or, listen, like, let's dive solution. over. I mean, yeah. I let's mean, go. You know, the thing about it is it, it just wasn't, it was, it was, it was nothing that was normal to us growing up. Right. So now I'm, I'm an older millennial. So I'm like the last of the Mohicans, you know, I'm born in the middle eighties. So, you know, I'm right at the border. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I'm right at the border of how things kind of started changing a little bit. But even for us, you know, like mm-hmm. my baby sisters, I have sisters that are like 21. They're all for it. I've right, yeah, brother so they're all 21. for it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, we'll go see the therapist, you know. but And that's cool. But, you know, for us growing up, it was just still taboo. If a person had a problem with it, and I'm sure it happens, but I'm talking from my perspective. It was not normal. Um, even to hear my father talking about recently getting help and I'm like, who are you talking to? You know, pop, you know, like, you know, you know, and I'm glad for, um, you know, even one of my sisters, you know, uh, her husband just told me she's taking, she's in therapy. So I'm happy, but it's, it is kind of a transition because we were just taught, you know, to just suck it up, to deal with life or, um, I, you know, to get really deep, man, and this is just a good cleansing conversation. You know, I used to see a lot of just delusion growing up. You know, and as I would just look at mm. people like, do you not realize this is going on? Like, you just living in the twilight <laughs> zone, you know? And that was one of the biggest things that I started seeing. Like, honestly, you know, uh, again, and I'm sure, you know, as the listeners are here diverse and we're working on diversity, I'm sure other people might have that same experience. But for me, I'm like, wait a minute. Do you know that this person is not really your dad? Or do you know this person is not really, you know, your mom? Or do you know that, you know... We're not blood, you know, because growing up, I don't know about you, but it was, it was just, it was crazy. It was a lot of delusion, you know, a lot of times. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. again, I'm speaking my truth. I'm speaking based on my experience. Hey, I mean, I hope people don't get too mad, but, you know, again, talking about mental health, I always was puzzled because, you know, again, from my context, my experience, and I know other people, um, it was just, again, a lot of delusion, like, you know, we would really overlook some serious flaws in like family structure or, you know, in different things. And um, I think to get back to that premise, it just it just wasn't instilled in me, you know, verbally um, to live that truth or to ensure that, you know, I am mentally healthy or to lean to someone to help me. It was always just like and I kind of digress here, but it was just like, just keep going through life, right? You know, and and just keep on moving forward, and mm-hmm. don't ask too many questions. So the whole therapy thing now, which at the end of the day, oh, here's a big one, and don't be out there telling our business, you know. <laughs> so that's like right. a big thing where, well, you know, if I can't do that, then how am I going to get help? And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, it just creates a, a, a mentality of just shutting down, and you know, where you yourself have to personally you know, give your own self a personal analysis. And it's like, how in the world can I do that? How can I be the problem? And I say this a lot. How can I be the problem and my own solution? You know what I mean? You know, you need people that's going to help you say, hey, that's right, that's wrong, and uh, help you get right. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I kind of feel like I hit a ramble there, but it still was from my heart. So, (laughs) so, no, yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. I thousand percent. Um, 
And I can definitely relate to the, like, don't tell right. people our business. Uh, so I was okay. raised by my grandmother. Uh, so she's a younger grandmother still. But, yeah, so she, I was raised with that, uh, like, 60s sort of mm-hmm. mentality of, like, you know, we don't tell people mm-hmm. anything's wrong with us. We have to, <laughs> this is, for some reason, it's just popped in my mind. But when you're at a stoplight, you suck in your stomach to work on your muscles. And, like, we don't eat that. We don't listen to that. Well, it's, it was wild. I wish I got um, that memo. I so, but it's like if... <laughs> I was, listen, you just changed my life. Every real life, I'm definitely working on my abs now. Thank you. I promise. <laughs> Well, I will I'll, you have my <laughs> okay. to I'll thanks for that. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll let her wow. know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I could I could definitely relate to that um with not telling their business because they, you know, they were raised a certain way and fortunately we elder millennials are somewhere in between and we've kind of taken it upon ourselves to chop things away, break away uh barriers and stigmas and now Gen yeah. Z is and I think it, we're just like, awesome. I don't want to say we're the most confused bunch, but we are really like, we have different <laughs> polars. Like some days we wake up and it's like, we're really old school. Then it's like, heck no, we're super new school. We got to get it together. But, you know, it's just, again, like that product <laughs> of that environment where, you know, my mom had me when she was 21. You know what I mean? So, you know, not super young, but mm-hmm. definitely not older. So I had to like grow up with my parents. You know what I mean? So. You know, at the end of the day, um, that was where our struggle came from. And now I can understand that. And I don't have no bitterness because at one point I was super mad at my parents until I got like 27, 28, 29, 30, 33, 4, 4, 5. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. You know, mm-hmm. but, you know, hey, they was doing good, actually. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> you know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I totally love that. But, you know, our our whole perspective, again, was, you know, you don't really ask for help. You kind of self-soothe. You kind of figure it out. Uh, but then this this weird family dynamic is there from an outsider perspective. Like, if it's internal, family, figure it out. But don't let nobody from outside mess with you now. All of a sudden, we become this big, you know, support piece where we can then now, you know, conquer the world. So it, it did have, you know, it's good because, again, at least I knew that if, if outside people hurt us or tried to, we had this family dynamic that would protect and that would, you know, help be there. But man, when you talk about just sharing or intimacy or which we had, and I don't want to get wrong because I have siblings and, and they hear this and they'll be texting me like crazy. Like I want to be clear, you know, we did have a really <laughs> loving um, family, but at the same token, when you get older now and you get more exposed, you start seeing where some of those gaps might've been solution. We just got to, you know, we have to right the wrongs to the next generation. So, like, my nieces, my nephews, me and my wife don't have any kids yet. So, you know, um, but to everybody who is old enough to have to, have to respect us, right, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, yeah. you know, do this or don't do that. And, you know, hey, you know, when I was growing up, it was like this, but now you should do that. So the solution is really just trying to pour into that next generation and uh, help them, you know, say, hey, if you, you know, I tell my nieces all the time, you know, my nephews, hey. I'll be the cool uncle. If you need somebody to talk to, call me. You know, if you ever get, you know, if you ever get jumped, mm-hmm. you know, like my sisters, it's, I know you said we could get crazy. I seen my baby sister yesterday. You know, like I'm always talking about sex with her. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, yo, you still good? Nice. <laughs> she's like, she's like, yes. I said, you sure? <laughs> like down there good? 
You know, she's like, yeah. I'm like, upstairs good too. You know, you know what I mean. I'm like, no kissing a banana. Like you're still 19, yeah. you gotta chill, right? And she loves me for it because I'm still <laughs> raw with her. But I'm like, yo. And then I, you know, my my uh, her sister that's my little sister that's right above her, who's um who's like 22. She's looking at me like, what? You know, you know. And I'm like, girl, you really grown. I'm like, and my baby sister's like, no, I'm grown too. I'm like, no, <laughs> you're like almost grown. She's grown, grown. You know, just messing with them, but yeah, you know, at twenty two, but just meaning, you know, just again, how do yeah. we change it? Just you know, trying to create a serious but light environment that even makes sense, so that my baby sister doesn't have to kind of go through what her older sisters went through. You know what I mean? Like, if something does go down, mm-hmm. she doesn't have that you know fear of communication or unhealthy thinking, so that she's now again by herself at twenty years old trying to figure life out when she got all these experienced people around her. So. I yeah I I do the same thing with my little brother too like I said he's he's 21 and uh he like he looks up to me and he has forever you know he was I was yeah 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 12 when he was born so he's always looked up to me and I'm like I don't know if that's that's (laughs) the right idea but you know when when you're Mm, looking I'll make sure that I'm doing the right things (laughs) and if yeah still makes me good so I I do the same um, make sure that he's, you know, doing doing the right things and right, not being right. a total mess up, and you know, not learning every lesson the hard way. I think that's that's the best thing that we can try to do to for the next generation is, you know, teach them exactly. what we had to learn yeah. the hard way, so they don't if, have to. Well, yeah, yeah. If they, and they're going to listen, because like I know that we you don't know what I mean? It's still like we just got to be prepared to be there for ninety yeah. the percent when they still just screw up. You know what I mean? It's like I still love you yeah. with your crazy self. <laughs> You know what I mean? But yeah, but at least we, I think we have like the mandate, you talked about solution to just share, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, like I said, my brother-in-law was talking to me. He was saying how he was happy that my sister was going to therapy and um, he was talking about being an entrepreneur and I was just like saluting him, you know, like do it, man, you know, but here's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And he was happy because he's like, everybody else think I'm crazy. And I was like, well, you are crazy, but hey, you know what I mean? You're still good crazy because- <laughs> <laughs> right it's the same thing you're the good that, kind of know, crazy and um you know so again just communication because when i left out of there the generation was like no get a job nine to five you know just do it the simple way go to college get a good job and i'm like but i just i don't feel that you know what i mean i want to sign checks i don't so much want to wait for people to sign my own you know and um so i had so much opposition as well especially from parents and stuff until I made my first real estate check. And my mom was like, oh, you made that much? Oh, God bless you. And I was like, nah, now you want to tell about, you know, oh, look what you did, you know? Um, so, yeah, you know what I mean? But, again, you know, just, just sharing information and love to whoever wants to listen, you know, is some of the solution. Oh, and the idea that when you first start out as an entrepreneur, no matter what your first kind of business is your family and your closest mm-hmm. friends are all going to look at you sure. like you're crazy like why are you doing that you're doing one of those things why would you waste your money and your time when you can have mm-hmm. this stable nine to five like you said but you know I, I always try to, to remind people that your first customers and your first clients they're not going to be the people right. who you've known your entire life because right. they don't see right. you as a business person <laughs> they see you as that little four-year-old exactly, running right. around yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. pants They still on. call you by your nickname. Like, you know, I've never said this probably publicly, but I like this this, this flow. Um, this takes me out of my element, and it's pretty cool. But my, my nickname was Stinky growing up, right? And, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, 
Oh, yeah, they never see me past Stinky until, you know, uh, you know, and it's weird with family. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this just is from my perspective, but it's like they know you're Stinky. You pull up in a Range Rover and then now they're mad that you got one. It's like, well, you know, I, I was trying to tell y'all to yep. get down with me a little while ago, but, you know, and I only came to Thanksgiving. <laughs> is, I didn't even really try to flex on you, you know. But it's like, you know, family is crazy. And I'll say this to anybody listening, please, if you don't hear nothing else I say, you will not become a millionaire expecting your family to pay y'all. You you have to you have to go outside your circles oh, no. of people who know you because just like you just said, people only know you from their first experience with you. And as you transcend through life, they will it'll be hard for most of them to make that transition with you. That doesn't mean they don't love you, they just love the old version of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, they want they because it's comfortable. They want to stick in with what's comfortable. So some people are don't even realize it. They mm-hmm. unconsciously try to pull you back down to exactly. whatever level you met them. At. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah, even yeah. No, some, doing like, some do. You know, what I mean? but, you know, some people just you know it just they can't fathom. They fell in love with the old version of you. You know what I mean? Like, and you just still have mm-hmm. to be resilient and be okay. Because I wasted a lot of time. I guess this is another challenge, but I wasted a lot of time trying to convince. Now, I said this before about business. I waste a lot of time trying to convince people in my circle that had already made up in their mind they were not going to support me. Or, and I don't mean in a malicious way. I mean, it like, mm-hmm. you know, they just don't see me in that light, right? And I'm trying to convince them and I'm trying to show that sure. I'm doing well. And if I would have just put that energy in finding new customers or new contracts, man, I would have made so much more money. <laughs> you know, Thank I would have been so much more money. I would have been <laughs> a lot further. But, you know, that's just the little boy that was in me trying to prove to these people you know, when you grow up chubby and I have a birthmark on my cheek, I mean, and I grew up in Philly, people are vicious. I mean, you know, hey. so, you know, once you start doing halfway decent, it's almost like you have to even mentally, here's that mental health thing again. You got to get healthy in your mind so you don't waste time trying to prove to the bully in fourth grade that you now made it. You know what I mean? You know, you got to really be like, okay, they can watch me on Instagram, just keep winning. But, you know, let me not keep being 28 now with a 10 year old mindset and I'm back on the recess yard, you know, trying to prove to the girl that didn't, that, that said she don't like me, that I'm a big shot. Right. You know, it's just so much. I just wasted time yep. with, you know, and just not being strong mentally. But then again, I don't really, don't really hate it because it taught me and now I can teach others. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Took the words right yeah, out yeah. of my mouth. You, you were saying how you can't, you know, rely on your circle and you had to reach outside your circle. What um, have you done you know, to do that? Um, well, in my business is a little bit different. I mean, that, 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 that is also a comment, you know, for people. I think I kind of can say that in a, you know, encourage people because I don't really have a product based business. You know, when I was in real estate, my business was based on, you know, mm-hmm. um, finding, uh, you know, clients and, you know, private equity type of stuff. I can relate it a little bit like this. I remember I was buying a property um, and my uncle didn't know how heavy I was in real estate. And unfortunately, I don't know who passed away. We were at a funeral and I wanted to buy my grandmother's building from him. And uh, he kind of played me. Well, he tried to play me. He didn't know, you know how deep I was. And he was like, you know, I was like, hey, <laughs> uncle, I want to, you know, buy this building. And he was like, yeah, right. I was like, no, I'm serious. He's like, yes, yeah, you know, it's a number that you will make your head spin. I was like, well, try me. And he's like, oh, it's, you know, we're having family time. I'm like, okay. I called him again. And he's like, yeah, well, I want at least about 200000 And I was like, oh, that's it? You know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I, <laughs> I knew what the bill was worth. And I'm like, you saying, you know, but he didn't know 
you know, what, what I was into at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so and long story short, you know, I didn't stop with his validation, you know, while he was on the fence about trying to figure out he was going to sell yeah. his nephew a family heirloom. I kept on pressing other people. So like, here's, I guess, the correlation of that. He kind of, it did, you know, strike a chord in me a little bit because he was like, and my uncle on my mom's side, you know, he was the big dog of the family. You know, he did well. He was a corporate guy. So, you know, when he said that to me, it did try to strike a chord. And had I not been mentally healthy, healthy, Mm. you know, if he would have talked to, again, at that time, that 32-year-old guy, but really operating off of a 10-year-old mentality, I would have then tried to do everything I could to show him at that moment or moving forward, you know, how heavy I was, but I didn't do that. I was like, whatever, because I still knew I had three other properties right down the street <laughs> from his that I was that I was flipping. And so, you yeah, know, you I, I, I just had to not allow the personal pain, uh, I guess to hear it is, I didn't allow the personal pain of my uncle trying to kind of play me to mess up my professional money. You know, I was like, no way. I'm going to just stay focused. And if he wanted, he'll come around. And, you know, and that it did. And I wound up buying a building, you know, a little while longer after that conversation. Um, and the actual building that we were having the conversation in, I wound up buying too. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was, um, you know, it was just mm-hmm. definitely a place of not allowing the rejection of the people that you care about the most to stop you from trying to gain more customers. Like, use that rejection to, like, push harder. Like, so, oh, y'all don't, y'all, you know, in a, in a positive way, like, okay, yeah, yes. so, you know, y'all not going to do it? Well, then what I'll do is I will, and even, like, you met me on Clubhouse. You know, that's just who I am. You know, I was like, everybody's being a little, mm-hmm. you know, you got red hair for crying out loud, so they're going to see you everywhere you go. You know, I think, and that's that's a good <laughs> thing. You know, it's, it's it, I don't yeah. have red hair, but that's my personality. Like, I want to make sure that wherever I go, people are going to remember me. And um, I'm always doing that to expand our brand and to push into new relationships. So that is beautiful. So basically, what you are describing mm-hmm. is what I like to call posture. Right, 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 right. I like right, to call right, that. Right. What it's called, but <laughs> <laughs> you're about those people right. who are like they do what how I like to call something. It's like no, no, own it. something you've heard you a fourteen thousand times. No, own it. It's your word. You got it. Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, you know, the funny thing about that is, and... thing about that is, eighty-five percent of <laughs> people will not know that you didn't know that. So listen, own it. Just own it, because eighty-five people, it's yours. They're not gonna know. No one. <laughs> it's mine. No, I, I love that because you were like, mm-hmm. you know, I I know what I right. have to offer. So take it or leave it. You mm-hmm. what you have to think about me? That's right. none of my business. I'm gonna go do what I'm gonna do. And when you realize what I'm offering you right. is yeah, yeah. You good know, and valuable, it, it, But see, here's the thing. It's like, life is like, again, here's the 80s baby coming out. Life is like a, a video game. My uncle was a big deal, but I had small yeah. victories before the big boss, right? You know what I mean? So, you know, if I hadn't conquered the mm. small stuff mm-hmm. leading up to that, that would have crushed me, right? Now, I would have been in a tailspin, like, I got to prove to my uncle right. that I'm this real estate guy and just get me off of everything else when I really... And it's ironic, we're talking about that because when I left, I kind of was proud of myself. Like, whatever. Like, I told my mom because I don't even think he knew that my mom was working for me mm-hmm. part-time, you know? And that was an achievement. You know, my mom was working for me, you know? And so right. I was like, yeah, yeah, just call him and let him know, you know, hey, when he's ready to talk, I'm ready. And I think that was the chain of events. Like, oh, yeah, 
why are you calling me for David? And she's like, oh, I work for, I work for their company. He's like, his what? Uh... Yeah, his company. Oh, yeah. What are they doing? Oh, yeah, they own that property, that property. You know, the question is, and I, you know, shift there, but had I kind of, again, been offended with trying to win my circle, maybe I would have put so much energy into something that mm-hmm. I wound up, number one, converting later on, but what would I have missed in that time period? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I would say to everybody, man, just right. use your rejection in a good way to just fuel you pushing into new places, you know, take chances, you know, be a little, you know, I won't say rambunctious, but be a little ambitious. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, that, sure. you know no one's going to give anything. You got to take chances. And sometimes you got to do things you might not be comfortable with to, to get the outcome you're looking mm-hmm. for. I also think it's great that you mm-hmm. commented on compounding your wins, like start small and like celebrate that little win that you have, because then it's going to keep building up. You're going to build up your self-esteem and your confidence. So you're mm-hmm. not right. knocked down right. by the main right. boss later on when they say no, because so many people are afraid yeah. of no, yeah. that it paralyzes them. Once you get yeah. enough no, you got to start like, you okay, start. whatever next. You got to start saying, okay, all right, why did I get a no, though? Like, stop. Like, no is not the worst word in the world. If you, like, learn, why did they tell me no? Like, a lot of times people are like, you know, I'm big advocate on people buying houses, right? And, like, you know, people are like, um, well, yeah. they're going to deny me. I'm like, well, so what? Go find out why they denied you. Like, the, the people are going to tell you this when you're credit or this mm-hmm. score is too low. Then once you find out the no, then find out how to turn it into a yes. I mean, you know, it's, you know, you need some no's to learn how to mm-hmm, get a yes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you're right. I did win some small victories. I had, again, I had converted my mother, you know, because remember, this is the person who told me to get a job two years ago, and then now she's working for me, you know, the irony in that. And I love mm-hmm. my mother, you know, I'm her only child, um, grew, grew up almost like my best friend, but, you know, again, mm-hmm. it was just small victory, then medium victory, and small, then medium, and then, not that my uncle was the biggest thing, but you know, from that perspective, it was a big deal because, right. you know, again, you know, at that time I was like, wow, when he finally told me this silly little number, I realized that I finally not so much succeeded past him, but it was like, I'm okay. You know, I'm there. And I didn't take it to the head because I was mm-hmm. like, again, you know, I got bigger fish to fry, you know, cause if my own, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, don't, right. don't get me That's wrong. empowering like though. Head, you know what I mean? But you know, I think, also like so many people are like they're afraid of these no's they and then they give up and they like they end up blaming whatever industry it is that they quit from because they didn't stick and stay to get their pay and they didn't trust the process they didn't you know set a goal yeah man i mean you gotta that bums me out (laughs) you're not um this is no pun intended i heard this actually on another podcast um if you're not your only fan like, you're never going to be, you know, no, no one else is going to be the fan. I just yeah. was crazy enough yeah. to be like, and then, it, you know, and to all my entrepreneurs is listening, there then comes another time where you're like, and I do this because I didn't talk about trading, but also trade Forex a little bit. And sometimes I've had the biggest losses, but then the biggest wins, which is like, nice. you know, your count is, you know, getting tight. You're losing a lot. And you're like, hey, I'm in it already. I didn't lost this <laughs> amount. This last little bit. Don't, ain't gonna make a difference. I gotta hang in there to see what mm-hmm. happens. You know what I mean? You know, and um, at the end of the day, sometimes yep. you know when you just had that hunch and you stuck in there, things shift in your favor. You start to do well, but life is like that too, man. Like I'd rather die believing that it could have changed than to give up 
you know, before I see something, you know, change in my favor. And that's just my mentality. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be like, mm. hey, David, he died, but, you know, he died working towards his best or his goal than to be like, ah, I'm not where I want to be, so I'm not going to get ahead and give up. Like, I don't understand it. And I think that's why or people think that I'm just super, like, magical. It's not. Like, I just, <laughs> I just go hard and I just refuse to quit. But it stopped. And, uh, you know, this is how things manifest for us. Yep. Yeah, man, you're gonna have to because I mean, yeah, you've got the grip. giving out checks. No, well, I mean, we did get stimulus, but that's over now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? right. It's like, hey, where's my six? I don't care if it was six thousand. That's not enough to live the rest of my life. You know what I mean? So, you know, we gotta we gotta work, man, and we gotta mm-hmm. put forward, and you just gotta believe in yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. Within reason, you know, if I was struggling and things weren't right, then I would change. You know, my method or change my message. But what I mean is like, I'm never going to stop believing in myself, no matter what that outcome looks like. I'll change again, my method, maybe my message, you know, like even all this, like, again, you know, I didn't focus on it. Not that I'm looking to retire. um, But, you know, I've been since 19 focused on church, but I I feel like that, you know, that has been a great season. I will continue to do that. But, you know, the world is so much bigger. And me, even like a business coach, has so much more to offer, but I have to get into arenas that's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, man, you know, like the world is so much bigger than our small perspective. And um, hey, this is what I'm doing. And now I'm talking to this this redhead that that just, you know, we're just vibing on her podcast and uh, it feels good. (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty dope. There you go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm glad that you're having a good time. I am too. So what would you say you are most excited about right now? Would it be that switch? So, yeah, I'm in a season where old Lisa fell off and new ones are growing. And I love it, man. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm super excited about my business, my wife's business. You know, I'm just excited about life right now. And it's so liberating because um, especially if we kind of knew the psychological warfare of my past, you know, this right now is a giant step in the right direction for me. So I'm excited. What a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's some powerful stuff, David. Well, I want to know if there's anything specific that you want to share about your journey of entrepreneurialism um, that you think you know, like I said, um, kind of learn kinda, from because we're entrepreneurs, like, let's be really, really intentional. Like, again, I salute to you. I'm so grateful that it wasn't just a vain conversation that you really took this to heart. And I'm ever so grateful. And I'm a loyalist by heart. So you'll always be my girl. And I'm grateful for your opportunity in any way. And when we get the hustle going, uh-huh. that was the podcast that we're doing. I'm definitely, you know, we're going to bring you uh, on. It, it'll be great. But I mean, for entrepreneurs, yes. um, depending on your demographic um it's just like less like i started with you let's be really intentional about diversity right i just really feel like when we are in control we don't have to and i'm gonna get in trouble for this but we don't have to so much say like to the white community you don't have to so much say give reparations right but at the same token because i I still feel like at the end of the day we still want to be progressive and fair but at the same token you know like let's just see you know, the need for diversity and let's just like you, let's have conversation. But even before you sign the dotted line, let's just be uncomfortable with saying, let me talk to this Hispanic. Let me talk to this black. Let me talk to this, you know, Middle Eastern person. 
um, because I'm not super, don't get me in trouble, Ash, but I'm not super, you know, Afrocentric, even though I do want, you know, black <laughs> folks to do well. But at the same token, you know, it's just, again, across the board. Yeah. If we control our businesses, you know, if we control, you know, who we can hire, who we can work with, it's just start with a conversation. Like even that day, you know, two made, you know, you know, that clubhouse that I met you on. And then another one I pitched in front of the million dollar pitchers for my business, which is pretty, pretty sick. I saw that room. And I didn't even know what to do. Mm -hmm. I was just acting like I was on a shark tank and it got interesting. I mean, they were like hit me and I didn't know my valuation too good, but whatever. (laughs) Long story short is that those rooms are still (laughs) always chock full with, you know, just Caucasian white folks, you know, it's still, it's still a really skewed, you know what I mean? Number Mm -hmm. of people. So my heartbeat is like, Hey, the reason we're here tonight chumming it up is because I came in very respectfully, but honestly, and said, hey, let's just let's just target diversity. If we want to see change, it doesn't mean that you have to give us, you know, reparations right now. I'm not from that perspective. I think that may be a little irrational. But can we have a conversation? Can we, you know, at least be humans for a second and put down some differences and just talk business? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. So. Yeah, make your money, but then let's make some change. And I ain't saying just hire black people because they're black. You know, you know, just take your time to find qualified minorities. You know what I mean? That can really make a difference in what you're doing. Because I guarantee, man, um, you know, we just take the chance to be a little more diverse. Life would be such more vivid. I say this, and I, I close with this. I think Crayola, you know, back in when, 19, I guess, 50s or 60s, it was one of the smartest companies because they took eight different shades and put it in one box. And without the eight different shades, you cannot have a vivid picture. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you know, the reality is let's add some more color to our lives, um, literally, and let's uh, use our businesses to promote diversity, man. And uh, maybe we'll start by our great-grandkids see a little more change in the earth. When you say that you want to work with people and make it diversity and uh, have it eventually make your money that way, it doesn't have to be that way. But I feel like if I'm going to make money, mm-hmm. I'm going to make money because of who I am as a person, not for the product that I sell, not for the opportunity that I offer, but it's because someone likes me, so they're going to trust me and whatever I have to offer that could yeah. possibly help them. And I do that by <laughs> right. being myself, which is whoever the heck I am. <laughs> but but I think that's what it's all about. And that's where the, the money is going to yeah. eventually come. Yeah, yeah man. And it's I, coming from you a know, I, I can't space, speak on behalf because there are some people who I think will just really need a good dose of, you know, the teaching of Christ and learn how to forgive. I'll be honest with you, you know, black folks, I mean, you know, because I'm, I'm that guy who gets on black for you with nerves mm-hmm. sometimes. But, you know, it's like family. You're my people, so deal with it. But, and, and, and I know we got to go, but uh, you just got really deep. But, you know, you sometimes... Keep going, dreams, you know, it's all you know, good. You uh, know, the, the Caucasian and white community, they... And I can't speak for everybody, but what I will say is it, it doesn't feel like you have to overcompensate because the reality is verbalizing your frustration with the African-American community, it does help. But the key in helping is employing people, befriending people, moving together with people. You know what I mean? And that's still the mm-hmm. fear because we still have a lot of on both sides. Like, I, I'm not that guy because I've called the carpet even on black folks, you know, because I'm like, yo, yes, we were oppressed. And I'm not, you know, I'm being careful with that because, again, it was, you know, it was a horrific place for our people. We can't be hypocritical at the same time. 
there are a lot of preconceived notions that black folks have about white people and, you know, in internal conversations. So the reality of all of it is stop talking, let's work. Like you were like, hey, this guy came in the clubhouse. He said, let's be intentional. And now here we are. You know, it's not so much like, yes, march with us. Yes, speak with us. But then employ us. Befriend us. You know what I mean? Like, you know, me and my wife met some friends mm -hmm. that are 20 years older than us and white. And we can't wait to go to dinner with them. That makes that that makes us feel good because that is the real piece of diversity. So to listeners who are white, you know, and say, hey, how can I help, you know, you know, with this diversity train, like, yes, speak out. But the biggest thing about me is like speaking is one thing. But when you start acting, that's when change happens. You know, there might be somebody listening to you that is mm. a million dollar company mm -hmm. and you're like, I want to help. Well, then hire qualified minorities. Bottom line, not because you have to, but because you understand that if I do that, now their kids get to have the same opportunity your kids have. You know, you got to understand, I failed out of Penn State, not because I was a horrible student, but mm. I had, I didn't have nobody to pay for me to go to school after I lost financial aid because I didn't know about that. You know, I went there mm -hmm. and I'm wilding out and I was like, oh, yeah, they're just going to keep paying for college. And they're like, no, you're on probation. <laughs> what does that mean? Then you fail again. It's like, we're taking your aid. Well, how do I go to college? Now your parents are going to pay. Oh, they're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> you know, so how can I help diversity? How can I help, you know, support African-Americans? You know, again, it's not just about doing it because, hey, I want to prove something. But it's like, again, let's befriend. Let's learn. Let's connect. Let's hire. You know, let's move. Not with a sense of reparation, but with a genuine, a genuine sense of like connectivity and, you know what I mean, concentrating on making, you know, your small little place better. You know what I mean? So, you know, at the end of the day, um, I feel like those are the things that, that we focus on. And I just salute you again and whatever will because your, you know, your personality, just being who you are, fiery, was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to take this guy up and, you know, we might have, you know, on other <laughs> planes, we don't know the perceptions that might be different, but we bridged that gap and we kind of had this conversation. We've been rapping for like an hour and a half almost, and it's been, it's been really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. It sounds maybe cliche, but I really mm -hmm. look forward to the day, and I don't know that we're going to see it, but right. where we don't even have to mention diversity. Right, right. No, no. Like, yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. And, oh, I you. do not mean, like, yeah. I don't see color. That's not what I mean. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I mean, like, where it doesn't have to be, we right. have to help people unlearn their unconscious bias, where there's not that yeah. those deep-seated things that we have to break through anymore because we've done the yeah. work and hopefully... You know, I mean that actually right. is you a thing in the future. Let's go Gen Z. We don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's like, you know, Sister COVID. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, hey, people got it one sneeze at a time. You know, one cough mm -hmm. at a time. You know, and then it started spreading. And, you know, we pray for those who, who lost family and those who lost life. But something that horrific but simplistic, if you personally pick up the agenda that diversity to you is going to be contagious, it will then affect everybody you come in contact with, right? So it's like, you know, hey, don't try to change the world before you just try to change mm -hmm. yourself. And then everybody you touch. And then that's how that's how we'll really do it. That's and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure this is going to, you know, you know, really help people because, you know, even with your, you know, your normal listeners and just seeing again, just feeling the spirit or the vibe of the whole conversation, that here it is, people who would 
outside of clubhouse were probably never connected, but now intentionally able to break down some barriers. It's huge. And I don't care how many people hear it, it'll affect those who do. Yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with Clubhouse for those reasons. I'm in network marketing, okay. so I attend a lot of like network marketing events. Okay. And my friends in life are network marketers. And so it's really awesome to break out of that mold. Like, I mean, network marketers are, are fun and we're great and everything, but it's nice to have other viewpoints on business. My favorite part is that those rooms that have nothing to do with business if I'm being very honest <laughs> like like podcasting it what happens in a podcast doesn't have to be about business and in those rooms and in like the mental health rooms and the right. spirituality rooms and all of these you know like hobby stuff I'm I've been reminded of the things that bring me joy I mean I love what I do for work yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing but you have to be more than just work and I love that about Clubhouse is expanding not just my my knowledge and yeah, never. whatnot, but it's yeah, making these yeah, connections yeah. with people I mean, who I never would have. It's it's, it's great, man. And that's met. why I think that it definitely is a, a phenomenal tool, man, a phenomenal gift. And I just think again for people who are listening, get on Clubhouse and just be intentional. Like you know, I mean, you heard me for thirty seconds and we were inboxing. You know, and and take a chance, man. This stuff is important to you. We gotta put our money where our mouth is. You know what I mean? You know. And really be like, hey, let's let's really be again. Let's be aggressive mm-hmm. about, you know, being the change that I want to see. I think my wife said something like that before. Like, you know, if there's so much change you want to see, be that change first. You know, yeah, be that change um, you want to see in the this world. This is amazing. And uh, maybe I pray you have me back. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we definitely can do some other stuff and, you know, keep on kicking it and just make sure we keep on you know, moving together and any way I can help, man, in your agenda and what you're doing, man, just let me know. I'm the entrepreneur guy, but I'm also the faith guy. And then my other partner who we built a real estate company, he's going to be like the real estate guy. My other partner is a trucking guy. And then my other partner, Callie, is the Forex guy. And um, all these guys are friends and best friends of mine. And we just want to talk about the hustle of really building something entrepreneurial and what it really looks like behind the scenes, you know, giving people a lot of information and, you know, how to really, you know, take off and what they do. So it's going to be great. That's that's good. People need to see, like, the real stuff because so many people <laughs> no, are like, not, you're not, so not easy. no, exactly. And if it is, like, that's no, the one percent. And I don't like them, you know, but, like, people don't know, like, man, this is a grind. Like, you know, people are hitting me up, like, left and right. Like, oh, man, I want to do trucking. I'm like, dude, do you know I haven't seen my wife since Sunday? You ready for that? You know, you ready for that? You know what I mean? I slept in my van last night. You sure? You want to be a millionaire now? You know what I mean? And it's not so you have to do it my way, but, you know, that's how hungry I am to mm-hmm. achieve what I need, you know? So, you know, but we're still going to give it to people. We'll, we'll lead them to the water. If they want to drink it, then that's on them. If not, then don't say nobody mm-hmm. never tried to help you. That's right. Connect with us. Um, we would love to you know, help in any way we can, especially for business or spiritual things. Whatever I can do to help, I'm here. I don't care your color, your race, your background. You know, um, I'm learning in this season of my life, man. I have some goods and some people can benefit from them. So I'm here for it. I'm going to put all the information <laughs> in the description yeah, that if you want. So just click the links in the description, y'all. <laughs>